This is Walker McKibben. Welcome to our Jamie McKibben Outdoor Show. We continue to honor the memory of my dad and his contagious passion for hunting, fishing, and everything outdoors. Over the next hour, you will hear from my dad's friends and colleagues as they reminisce about their experiences with him in the woods, on the water, and in the bleachers watching me play. Y'all close them eyes. This is. Let's go there in our mind. The Jamie McKibben Outdoor Show. Hunting, fishing, and loving every day. That's the prayer this country boy prays. Thank God he made me this way. Hunting, fishing, and loving every day. Good morning and welcome to the Jamie McKibben Outdoor Show, brought to you by Mackey's Body Shop, Krupa's Boat Mart, Knutson Sporting Goods, Addison Awning, Michigan Whitetail Properties, Hometown Heating, Cooling, and more, Shupex Sporting Goods, Performance Automotive Northwest, Powers Clothing, Rage Broadheads, and the Beef Barn. This is part three of our tribute series celebrating Jamie's life and love of the outdoors. My name is Scott Clow, and I was... Lucky enough to know Jamie McKibben for 21 years and work with him and for him on and off for over 12 of those years. To me, he was the radio guy. He was the big dog and the eventual owner of McKibben Media Group. I valued our friendship, and I I truly do, like many of you, treasure the memories I have making him laugh and really ticking him off (laughs) at times. It wasn't until I started talking to his friends after his death for this show that I realized what an incredible friend he was to so many. In the late 90s, Jamie was the voice of K105.3, at that time a new station that gave Jackson its own morning show and its own position on the dial that focused on Jackson. He was in his early 20s and was the face of the hottest new media in town. With that came responsibility and a need to escape the pressures that came along with it. He found that respite, as so many others did, at Shupex Sporting Goods Archery League. This archery league brought so many people into Jamie's life and, and brought him into their lives, including our first guest today. Terry Reynolds. Um, uh, I met Jamie, I don't know, probably 20, 22, 23, 24, 20-some years ago, shooting archery up at Shupex. Um, uh, yeah, we started shooting leagues together and um, competing in local tournaments and things like that. So were you with him the year that he won the world? I wasn't there at that tournament. Um, I was, uh, I believe I was at a, a, another tournament, another national tournament. Um, I started shooting some uh, full national circuits and things like that. Um, and this was, I was at a different tournament, I think, at that time. For those that have never been in an archery league, tell, tell me what that's like. What, what happens when you go in there? What? In, the, in the leagues, um, in the leagues, the leagues that we shot in there were two man teams and um basically shoot 30 targets um and this is at shoepex um shoot 30 targets usually a couple targets per station and um it was sometimes they would set it up where you were directly competing with another team and other times they had it where just you know high score was high score at the end of the season was was the winning team were you on the one with them here this year no i was not no 
what was the the average scoring then? If you're shooting 30 targets, what was the scoring? Um, well, it changed over the years. Um, it started out where there was just the 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 best score you could get was 10 on a target and then later on they started adding bonus rings they started adding 12s and 14s so um it, at the end of or, or now you can the best possible score you could shoot is a 420 um a really solid score at shoepex would be a, a 380 something like that was Don Williams blowing smoke when he told me that Jamie would get in the 415s, 420s on a regular basis? Um, I don't know about regular basis, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jamie was a really, really good shooter. Um, when my – I sort of started taking archery more seriously than those guys and started competing all over the country, so I quit or I stopped shooting as many, you know, local leagues and things like that. Um but anytime I dropped in, um, I would be shooting more advanced equipment than Jamie, and he was always really tough to beat. He was just a really solid shooter, really a good archer. What do you think made him that way? Uh, he was a perfectionist. Um, he didn't like to lose. You know, he didn't like to lose at anything. He didn't like to lose when we were jigging for walleye, when we were when we were hunting, um, bird hunting, rabbit hunting. Didn't matter. He just. You know, he wanted everybody to do well, but he still wanted to win. It's just, it was his nature. When was the, and it, nobody's really ever been able to nail it down, but do you remember the first time you went out, uh, either fishing, hunting, the first time you experienced the outdoors with Jamie? The first time I actually went anywhere was um, down to Hillsdale. Um, I believe it was a family member, maybe maybe his grandfather's farm i can't remember whose farm it was but we went down and did some pheasant and rabbit hunting i think mark bacon was there i think that, that was the first time i had ever actually been outdoors with him and um, did anything like that how quickly after meeting jamie did you feel at ease immediately um he just has that personality um with everybody um he's just a kind of person you want to talk to if you had to to sum up jamie mckibben and his love of the outdoors and jamie mckibben and his love for his family because everyone i've talked to even if you went hunting with him you heard about walker you heard about katina if you had to sum it up for someone who had never met jamie mckibben what would you say well that's tough to sum up in just a few words um i i guess I guess he always kept everything in perspective and always did what was most important. Um, and uh, he did everything to his, to his fullest. I think, I, I think he was the best father any father could be. I think he was the best husband a husband could be. He was a, a hell of an outdoorsman, um, a hell of a friend. Um, and just all around really great guy there was just there was no um he never hit anything it was what you saw is what you got and um uh, that's what i loved about him it, there was if we were going to go fishing or hunting he'd he'd say this is how this is how it has to be for me i understand if you can't go i'd you know i'd love it if you could and that was it there was no he wasn't wishy-washy it was just what you saw is what you got and he put everything into every minute he had 
into whatever he was doing. When it came to going, did you get out on the lake with him? Oh, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you were jigging for walleye. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned that competitive spirit, but in radio, I saw it. He was a sponge. If there was something to learn, he'd learn it. Mm-hmm. Um, how how receptive was he and how giving was he with uh, <laughs> with advice? Uh, he was extremely receptive. He was a little evasive as far as giving advice when it came to hunting and fishing because he was so competitive. So he would suck up every every ounce of knowledge he could, and he'd, he'd ask everybody every question he thought um, would be a benefit to him. But if you were sitting fishing next to him side by side jigging, he wasn't going to tell you any secrets. He'd say, oh, I'm just doing this. So you'd have to try to figure it out for yourself. So. Yeah, but which is typical for our whole group of friends. We're all sort of the same way. Most hunters and fishermen are, they want the best for all their friends, but secretly they still want to get the biggest and catch the most. I want to go back to the first time that you met Jamie. Was he a competitor to you at that point? He was, yeah. All right. Yeah. Do you remember anything about that first time maybe you went up against Jamie McKibben and Archer? Because you both sound like you were you're very competitive. Yeah. Um, I don't remember a lot of the details. I, I do remember um, it was – I had seen him in Shoepex a few times, shot next to him on, on the practice lanes, and then we bumped into each other in one of the leagues. I don't remember what night the league was. Um, but I do remember – I looked at him as my competition. He, you know, I didn't feel like there was anybody else I had to worry about, but he, well, Bud was a great shot too, and Mark was a great shot, and Tim Tripp and Mark Losey, they were all great shooters. But I always kind of felt like Jamie was one of the one of the guys to beat. Tell me about the friendship between Jamie and Bud. That friendship... Um, I never fully understood it. I was I was a pretty good friend of Bud's, but he always kept me at arm's length a little bit. And I think it was just because of our personalities. Um, but Jamie was sort of drawn to him. Um, he just uh, he wanted to hunt with Bud. He wanted to fish with Bud. Um, the age discrepancy was never an issue. It wasn't like it was an you know like Bud was his idol or anything. It was just they just really enjoyed their time together. Um, I remember Jamie telling me stories where they, uh, Jamie said something Bud didn't like, and I think I think Bud just kind of knocked him down and told him to shut up, sort of thing. And Jamie just says, "Okay, I won't do that again." <laughs> um, it was, it, I, I don't know. It was just um, they were thick as thieves. They just uh, they just liked to run together, um, especially when it came to hunting whitetails, um, but also when they're fishing. What makes that friendship different? I mean, we've got friends. You've got friends that you work with. you got friends that you grew up with. But from everything I've observed, the, the friendship that outdoorsmen have with one another is deeper than, than any other friendship I know. Yeah, it is. Um, I've thought about this a lot. Um, just be, you know, because of everything that's happened recently, and I think what it is is that when you're able to break away from everything, when when everything at home is taken care of and everything in business is taken care of, and you go out to do what you really, 
truly love to do and, and what you really enjoy the most, honestly, I, I, you know, as a, obviously family is different, but those moments you spend outdoors with your friends are, they're absolutely irreplaceable. And, um, I can't explain it, but they're the, those, those times, those moments, those trips, those are what you really look forward to in life is spending time with your buddies and, and experiencing those things together, you know, experiencing a hunt together, landing a big fish, um, and, you know, taking the pictures and talking and t- talking smack and, you know, catching a 29 incher and telling your buddy it was 32, you know, all those things are, um, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's what every outdoorsman lives for. And that's why when you do it with a friend, it's, it's so special. Um, you get to share those moments together. Anything else you want to say about Jamie? Um, there's, I could say, I could talk for hours. Um, I just think Jamie was so special because, um, he was able to bridge the gaps between a lot of people, um, myself included. You know, I, I don't personally don't have a, a ton of uh, friends, probably because it's just because of my personality, I'm kind of quiet and maybe, uh, I don't know, I just don't open myself up as quickly. But Jamie, for some way, shape or form, was able to form relationships and friendships and bring people together like nobody I've, I've ever met. I've, I've never met a single human being that could do that. Um, other than Jamie, um, he just, uh, if I think if we sat down and talked about all the people that, that knew him and have developed relationships and business relationships, um, if you sort of put it all together and figured out how big that, that spider web of friendship, um, is, and you sort of and realize that it all led back to him, I think it would be, I don't know, pretty overwhelming to, to think about what he's done and what he's what he's contributed to this community and uh, just, just everybody around here in general. He just, I've never met anybody like that. Leaves are turning, there's a chill in the air. Campfires are burning, we're gathered round in chairs. To the Jamie McKibben Outdoor Show, brought to you in part by Performance Auto Northwest, Powers Clothing, Rage Broadheads, The Beef Barn, Mackey's Body Shop, Krupa's Boat Mart, Knutson Sporting Goods, Shupex Sporting Goods, Hometown Heating, Cooling, and more, Michigan Whitetail Properties, and Addison Awning. Jamie McKibben, like many of you do, used the outdoors and the relationships that he had developed there to escape the day-to-day grind of the 9-to-5. Well, in radio, it's never 9-to-5. But that's where our next guest fits in. Mark Libke, and I would imagine it would be 
somewhere in the late 90s, possibly early 2000s. Um, so describe to me the Jamie McKibben that you first met, as you remember him. Yeah, just a young, a young punk sort of kid <laughs> that um, had all the energy in the world. You know, it was through Bruce and Sue Galton. So, um, you know, he sort of came with a lot of billing in my world. You know, I knew Bruce and Sue really well, and we I was a hunter and a fisherman, and they would say, oh, well, no, you're not. <laughs> we know a hunter and a fisherman. And Bruce, as much as he didn't like sometimes the hunting and fishing thing, he always wanted to make sure he showed me a picture of Jamie's buck that was bigger than mine. <laughs> <laughs> So, you 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 meet Jamie. Now the context, though, is radio, and the Spartan Radio Network, right? But even more so, um, it was just a relationship of a couple of guys doing what they were doing from an early age. That was the bond uh, that we had, and. You know, it's interesting you bring that up because we would, if it was 2005, it was 2009, we would see each other once a year, generally over beers at at the Lansing Expo and try and skip out on a freaking sales conference, you know, (laughs) to go have a beer and just talk about hunting. And we didn't talk about radio ever. And that was the weird thing. It was like... You know, two radio guys. I guess that was that. You know, it's funny. It, it was backwards for both of us. You know, it was, it was the hunting that brought us the way to talk. But what 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 really brought us together was the radio. But do you remember the first time you went hunting, fishing, whatever it was? Scott, Jane? see, that's the weird thing, partner. Um, I, I just, I, I, what I'm saying happened all the way, uh, unfortunately, to, to the end here. Um, it was stories. It was dreams. It was every invitation, every time that we had a plan, it never happened. But the cool thing was is that I did bow league with him this year, and that was that was it. That that was that was, and I and it was me and and my partner that 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 I do a lot of stuff with hunting and fishing wise. We hooked up with Jamie and Bud this year for bow league, and we just had a freaking blast. Watching Jamie and Bud's friendship, describe their friendship to me. It was just they knew what each other was thinking at every moment. Um, the the shooting at, at at the bow league, getting to know him a little bit better, and watching the two of them together as as a fly on the wall. Um, I just uh, I just saw a lot of envy in both of them. They they loved each other. There was no doubt about that. You've observed the brotherhood that is hunting and you've been a part of a very small world which is radio and that's why I find your relationship with Jamie to be so fascinating because it wasn't until just recently that you talked about early how you talked about hunting when you met in radio then you got into radio and you talked nothing about radio so at the end, you were brought back into his hunting world. You know, 
at, in, in radio, it's intense. And we were co-managers. And there's one thing you got to do, and you got to hit your goal. And sometimes you just got to shut the door and talk about hunting. And that's what Jamie and I would do when it was time to talk about goals. And we were yelling and screaming, but we were yelling and screaming about hunting. And we were comparing. We didn't hunt with one another, so we always had to tell the story. The story gets bigger. The story gets larger. I did this. And, I, you know, with Jamie, you always lost. <laughs> and I didn't have a problem with that. I've been around you broadcasters long enough <laughs> that you got to win. And and I and I I just I loved giving in. I loved I'm the most competitive human being, but I loved giving in to Jamie because he loved to know that he could call Ted Nugent on a whim. He loved when I told him I listened and I thought him and Tom Knutson were the best thing since sliced bread. Again, you laugh about the Knutsons. We all have the, you work there. We've, I've seen your interaction with them. To be a fly on the wall and watch you guys with that family is pretty incredible. He did the Show Us Your Rack promotion. He did thank the Outdoor Expo for really three months out of the year in Jackson County especially. Jamie McKibben promoted the outdoors continually on the radio stations. Four radio stations that was going over all the time for a long time. Then it ran into January and February because of the Expo. He really programmed the radio stations to be a huge part of the outdoors. And like I said in the beginning, that show was so good. The show is so good. It was, you know, you guys spent some time fishing in Florida, you know, listening to the to the to the to the tide reports and the fishing reports. And there's the old fashioned great radio, the guy that's been on for 30 years telling you about what's going on. You know, that's what the way I saw the Jamie McKibben outdoor show. And like I told you earlier, man, it, I, I thought it had all the potential to be every national show and all of that. And, and you know, but and him just you know again I wish I could tell you more personal stories but it's more of being the fly on the wall and just watching those guys do sort of whatever they wanted I have in my life had a lot of different relationships with I've got radio people Scott I'm sure you're the same you, you can't hang around with a bunch of radio people all the time hopefully you don't I mean, <laughs> I mean, you got to get some outside levity, right? Yes. And you got to do your thing, and you got to have a way to blow off steam. And hopefully, you got a great family, and hopefully, you're a hunter. And it's all these things that I think, and you see people in our business, and one of, especially in the Rust Belt states, it's one of our outlets. And I just think, man, what a champion, and the relationships that I was able to, to watch with him were, were, were pretty incredible. I woke up at 5 a.m. Put on my camouflage. Welcome back to the Jamie McKibben Outdoors show. 
Brought to you by Mackey's Body Shop, The Beef Barn, Krupa's Boat Mart, Rage Broadheads, Knutson Sporting Goods, your outdoor convenience store, Powers Clothing, Addison Auding, Performance Automotive Northwest, Michigan Whitetail Properties, Shupex Sporting Goods, Hometown Heating, Cooling, and more. Big thanks to each and every one of the sponsors. The next person we talked to, I was fortunate enough to get the email of his management from Jamie McKibben, which to me, after so many years of working with him, was one of the ultimate signs of respect to give me access to this person. And he's a global icon. He's known for his outspoken nature and advocacy and promotion of everything outdoors. It's Ted Nugent. And I started out by asking Ted his first memories of Jamie McKibben. Well, Scott, you know, I've been a hunting, fishing, trapping, spirit of the wild maniac my entire 72 years. It's a great source of quality of life. And I remember the first time I shared a radio electronic campfire with Jamie, I could tell right away that he was a blood brother. You know, the term blood brother is an endearing connection of our ancestors and the tribes and the clans, the villages where we were always there for each other. We hunted, we fished, we trapped, we provided food, clothing, shelter, medicine, tools, weapons, and most importantly, spirit, the, the spiritual bond of hands-on conservation is, is one of the most powerful human bonds we have available to us, probably close to motherhood. But when I shared that campfire with Jamie, I could tell that he lived this, that he, he believed in, in participating as a responsible steward in God's miraculous, renewable creation, and that he always promoted and celebrated hunting, fishing, trapping as the ultimate responsible environmental pursuit for ultimate fun, always a challenge. It's the definitive sport because it's so darn difficult most of the time. And it provides the pragmatism of life itself in the form of food, clothing, shelter, while we balance the herds and balance the habitat every year. Some of us have not removed ourselves from the good earth. And even though we live in concrete jungles, we still celebrate the hunting season, the fishing season, the trapping season. And when I got word that we lost Jamie, I heard right away, Scott, from uh, Mark Dipsel, the taxidermist out there in Hanover, and my buddy Wade Miller, my hunting buddy Jim Knapp, and, and Brian Shupak down at Shupak Sporting Goods. Uh, I can repeat the standard colloquialisms that it was like a sucker punch to the gut. It, uh, the wind got sucked out of our sails. And it's, it's heartbreaking. It's, it's just heart-shattering loss of a great young man who was our blood brother. So uh, when I experienced that, the loss of my brother John in January of this year, and certainly what the song Fred Bear has conveyed and, and celebrated, the, the heartbreak, but the positive memories of someone who we loved and who we shared real campfires and, and figurative uh, campfires with, that's the that's the sense of loss and hurt that we all felt and continue to feel to this day, Scott, when we've heard that Jamie had died, you know, along with his buddy. I mean, a couple of blood brothers out celebrating that time of year, and in a flash, they're gone. So just like the song Fred Bear, that I think we have all 
kind of uh, migrated towards as a soundtrack for not just the heartbreak of losing a loved one, especially a hunting camp loved one, but I think we can all take a little bit of uh, a relief that in the wind, Jamie is still alive, and we should never stop celebrating and remembering and, and passing forth that legacy and that ethic and that that hands-on conservation lifestyle that he represented. So I can, I think we can find something positive to carry on, even though our hearts will never be the same. Ted, it's interesting, the names that you brought up, the people that reached out to you. I reached out to a few of his friends for this very show, so I could talk to his, his hunting buddies, his fishing buddies, and all the names that you mentioned were names that were on the list of people that Jamie had enjoyed the outdoors with. And you talk about that brotherhood. You, you talk about uh, the, the special relationship that Bud and Jamie had with one another and how they enjoyed their hunting trips together. How is it that... This community has become so tight-knit. What is it about this sport? What is it about the outdoors? Well, again, I'm going to go ahead and reference the uh, battle cry of the conservation family. And it's not just America. It's my buddies in Germany and over in Ireland and and Scotland, uh, the people who still connect with God's miraculous renewable creation as a a source of life-giving everything. And, and, and let me summarize it, Scott, what Jamie and Bud and you and I and Brian Shootback and everybody that walks through the doors at Shootbacks or Mark Cabela's or Jay's, that we, we so cherish this high that we get by knowing that we're doing God's work in nature, balancing the herd, providing the greatest diet in the world, saving habitat for clean air, soil, and water production. A lot of people outside of our hunting lifestyle don't realize that their quality of life is pivotal upon the dollars that we invest and the balancing act that we perform every year. But let me, let me give you the most glaring and glowing and beautiful example. I do a Ted Nugent spirit campfire every week. That's a global internet gonzo thing. And we celebrate good, bad, ugly. We, we get into the, the minutia of where quality of life comes from. And it always ends up in the hunting camp. It always ends up in the great outdoors. But my sidekick, John Brankus, who has a long history of ESPN and the, uh, the different sports like that, uh, he had never hunted before, but he saw my enthusiasm. He said, it, it can't be that much fun. It, uh, you're talking about a spirituality of coming home with backstraps once in a while because of the challenge. You, you don't always kill stuff. But he said, I had to feel what it's like. So I went out to South Dakota last week. And I met a bunch of people who went pheasant hunting, and Scott, he said what Jamie and Bud had, what you and I have, what everybody at Shootbacks has. He said he's never met kinder, more loving, generous, giving, fun people in all his life. Now, this guy's been around professional sports, and we're talking about samurai guys, the best of the best, right? And so he's met some, you know, obviously not everybody in the sporting world. He is a great people. They, they disrespect the flag, so those dirt bags don't qualify. But, but the majority of people are really good people. And he's been around a long time, 58 years, I believe. And Scott, he said he's never met more friendly, fun, conscientious, willing and eager to help introduce him into the aim small, miss small 
wild, great outdoors lifestyle. And that's what Jamie and Bud were celebrating during that special hunting season. And it's what invigorates all of us. You know, I'm just a greasy Detroit guitar player, but my happiness, and you can probably see my smile through the telephone. I mean, Sammy Hager did an interview with me on his uh, Access uh, Rock and Roll Road Trips, and he said, Ted, I got to tell you, I've met all these musicians, all these celebrities, but you are the happiest person I have ever met. Why are you always so happy? (laughs) And I went on to tell him that I've been clean and sober all my life because in order to get close to a deer with a sharp stick, you can't be comfortably numb. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) So there's a tuned-in relationship. There's a higher level of situational awareness to that man who knows what lure to use on that walleye, to know how to get to full draw on that wary Michigan whitetail, to know how to camouflage himself against those those ultra-alive and and, and omniscient Canadian mallards coming down. This is a... This is a higher intensity bond than exists anywhere. Now, I know Navy SEALs and I know Army Rangers and Green Berets. I get to train with Delta Force. I mean, I'm the luckiest guitar player and shooter in the world. And those are superhuman beings. But you know who most all those warriors are? They're almost all hunters, fishermen, and trappers. And it inspires you to connect with your fellow man on a more positive level. And that's what Jamie and Bud did on their last day on earth. You mentioned your broadcast partner and in him being introduced to the world of the outdoors. That's something that Jamie McKibben loved to do. When he heard someone had never been hunting or never been on Lake Michigan or uh, never been mushrooming, you could see him salivate because he, he was so eager to share his love of the outdoors with people. And if there's any silver lining of the crap year that has been 2020, it's that an entirely new generation out of nothing else to do found the outdoors. That has to, does, that, that, that has to make you feel pretty good. Well, it makes me feel wonderful, not pretty good. You know, a, 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 a good pair of socks makes me feel pretty good. But when I know that we're recruiting people into this conservation celebration lifestyle that Jamie and Bud represented, and they promoted, and they celebrated, and they recruited, and they encouraged, and they, they shared their passion. Yeah, that's, that's the happiest thing in my life, I'll tell you, Scott, because the people who bought hunting licenses this year for the first time, by the way, in all 50 states, there's an upkick in all 50 states, because there is a burning instinct in all human beings to be self-sufficient to the best of their ability. I know we got a lot of wimps out there. we got a lot of Antifa and BLM and dirtbag gangbangers out there that have lost the touch, but deep in them, if someone could steer them on a true North Compass setting like Jamie does, like you do, and like I do, and like uh, the, the, the guys at Ducks Unlimited and Delta Waterfowl, and the, the NRA, and all these sporting organizations, what Brian Schubeck does every day and all his buddies at the archery counter down there in Jackson, that, that fanning the flame of instinct to participate hands-on. Yeah, you can order some dead meat wrapped real nice and clean, and and that's convenient, and it's almost essential nowadays for most people. But I don't. I want my knife bloody. I want my hands bloody. I want my arrow 
bloody. That's the, that's the perfect and most pure organic indicator that we are in touch and performing responsible acts of duty to stewardship and wise use conservation. And that instinct was fanned now that we've been attacked by the Chinese with this insidious virus. And then those uh, corrupt and criminal flames have been fanned by the Democrat Party and the Marxists and, and the corrupt politicians out there that I'm afraid we're all too familiar with in once great state of Michigan. And when I say once great state, I know that there's the greatest people on the planet in Michigan. And I know them all. And I connect with them all. But there are some bad, bad people up in Lansing. There are some bad, bad people in Washington. There are bad, bad people abusing their power in a criminal corruption rampage across this country that good instincts finally came to the surface and people went, you know what? I'm going to go into the great outdoors. I hear that it cleanses the soul. And that's what they went after. And that's what they experienced. I think, Scott, we're going to see an increase in recruitment and retention that is desperately needed for conservation and the revenues and the family hours of recreation that are part of it. I think we're going to see that now that people are waking up, that you can't trust the government, you can't trust the USDA, you can't trust the CDC, you can't trust the FDA, you can't trust the FBI, you can't trust the ATF, so you have to trust yourself. One of the things, and you alluded to this before, um, the family nature of, of hunting, it, it did my heart good. I was pulling out of the station, um, I think it was Tuesday, and I saw one of Jamie's friend's trucks pull in, and uh, out of the truck came one of Jamie's friends and uh, Jamie's son, and they were heading out to hunt. And I can't think of a more, pardon me, a more wonderful example of the legacy that Jamie and, and, and people like yourself leave us. And that is truly the brotherhood of the outdoors so that someone just picked up the ball and there'll be more. Just proxy hunting fathers that go and and, and just look at Walker and say, come with me, we're going fishing, or come with me, we're going hunting. Ted, it was beautiful, man. Yeah, it was. And to uh, Jamie's family and his son, go afield with your dad in your heart. That's what I do with my dad, my uncle, Fred Bear, my brother, John. I, I get a little emotional talking about it, just like you are, Scott. And it's, you'll never get over the loss of a blood brother or a family member. And remember, this is a conservation family. This is, whether you're in my camp or not, we are all in the big camp. When we are celebrating that opening morning or that afternoon when the rut's on or the, the, the flight birds are coming in or maybe the, the woodcock and the grouse are up in the, in the uh, popper tangles, um, Jamie's with us. Fred Bear's with us. Our grandpa's with us. Our aunt, our mother who was at camp and loved to catch them bluegills, they're, they're always with us. There's a, there's a spirit to our hunting lifestyle. That's why my song, Spirit of the Wild, my TV show, Spirit of the Wild, my, my, my podcast is The Spirit Campfire. I mean, it, there really is a great spirit 
in the great outdoors, and it's an accumulation of all the Jamies and the Buds and the Freds and, and all of our loved ones and all our past blood brothers whose spirit will always be there with us. So our prayers are with his family, both of those guys' families, and everybody out there that it gets emotional and, and hurts right now. Just take Jamie and Bud's spirit and go afield and aim small, miss small, and carry on that, that perfect ethic of hands-on conservation, balancing the herds, balancing the flocks, utilizing with reverence and love that incredible renewable protein from our hard work and our dedication and our stealth. That, that is the best way to remember Jamie and Bud. Ted, I can't thank you enough. Well, I love this lifestyle, and I love all my family out there. And I mean the big family, all of them. And again, it's just not just not America. It's just not Michigan. You go to my Facebook and witness people from Ireland who, who bagged a grouse and they want to share it with Uncle Ted or a guy in France who went up in the Alps and got an Ibex with his bow and arrow <laughs> because we legalized bow hunting there. And we're working on legalizing bow hunting in Britain because it's not allowed right now. Those dirt bags can't figure it out, but we're going to push hard. Just like we're going to push hard Michigan, to get our deer season back. We're going to push hard Michigan to get our freedom back. And we're going to push hard Michigan to get the scoundrels out of Lansing and the DNR and the MUCC. Only the guilty need to feel guilty, but there's some people squirming right now, I can promise you that, where we the people manage our wildlife and our time in the great outdoors based on sound science, not political correctness and, and weaselness. One of these days, uh, Ted, you're going to have to learn to just say what's on your mind and just not filter anything. <laughs> well, you know, Scott, I wasn't born with my middle finger on fire, but I ignited it at an early age. I'm an American. I'm defiant. I'm suspicious. I demand constitutional accountability from my elected employees. How simple is that? I don't think it can get any simpler than that, my friend. And more beautiful, by the way. And if I, if I, if you could see me right now, I've never been more handsome because I'm, I'm actually <laughs> overdosed on backstraps right now, and I'm going to kill a deer tonight for Jamie and Bud. How's that? That sounds like a pan. That, that sounds like an incredible plan. Well, Scott, God bless you for carrying on his legacy, and I'm always here for you, man. I know it's difficult. It's always going to be difficult, but uh, be strong, be cocky, be defiant, uh, be spirited and spread that good word. Uh, that's what we owe our ancestors, including Jamie and Bud. The spirit of the woods is like an old good friend. Makes me feel warm and good inside. And I know his name. It's good to see him again. Cause in the wind, he's still alive. That's the show for this week. Thanks to Terry Reynolds, Mark Lipke, and, of course, Ted Nugent for their time. Next week's show will be live in studio and feature a roundtable discussion with three of Jamie's closest friends. In the meantime, take care of each other. Watch out for one another and be safe out there. Y'all close them eyes. Let's go there in our minds. Hunting, fishing, and loving every day. That's the prayer this country boy prays. Thank God he made.